Hi, I'm Damon Fairless, host of Hunting Warhead from CBC Podcasts and the Norwegian newspaper VG. Hunting Warhead follows a global team of police and journalists as they attempt to dismantle a massive network of predators on the dark web. Winner of the grand prize for best investigative reporting at the New York festivals and recommended by The Guardian, Vulture, and The Globe and Mail, you can find Hunting Warhead on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. COVID case counts are once again climbing in many parts of Canada, along with hospitalizations. This week, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, or NACI, recommended that a fourth dose of COVID vaccine, a second booster, be given to all Canadians ages 80 and up. And in the U.S., the Food and Drug Administration authorized a fourth dose of a COVID vaccine to all Americans age 50 and older. Are you confused? I am. So this week we're asking, do I need a fourth dose of the COVID-19 vaccine? Hi, Lenora. Welcome back to The Dose. Thanks for having me again. So how are you feeling after getting COVID? Um, You know, it's interesting because after having had our lives ruled by this so much for the last two years, it, it was a little anticlimactic. But we're at such a different space now in terms of what you expect if you're infected after having three doses of vaccine that um, it wasn't as fearsome as I thought, and if anything, it was a bit of a nuisance. And so, so you know, we're, we're moving along in that household well. Okay, let's get into our conversation. But before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it. Just ad lib. Sure. Uh, Dr. Lenora Saxinger, I'm an infectious diseases physician at the University of Alberta. Okay, here we go. We'll get to the fourth dose in just a second. But I wanted to highlight the fact that only about half of Canadians have received the third dose, So why has uptake of the third dose been so spotty? You know, that is actually a really, really important question because when you look at where where the effort should be, maximizing third dose uptake is, is definitely a huge, huge issue right now. And I think from my experience talking with people that quite a few people just don't recognize how important the third dose is. I think they're thinking it's like extra reassurance when in fact it's doing a heck of a lot of heavy lifting during this this surge and it really provides a lot of the protection against severe disease um, with Omicron. So I think people just really don't necessarily know that and that's a big concern. So can you tell us, uh, just summarize why it's important that people get a third dose? What are the benefits to getting the third dose? Well, I mean, what we've seen is that people who are two-dose vaccinated, um, th- there's fairly minimal protection now against infection. There's still moderate, probably maybe 50 to 70% reduction of the likelihood of severe disease based on the data that we have um, after two doses. And so it's not nothing, but it's not that good. The third dose, especially in the time period right after the third dose, increases that protection against severe disease up again towards 90%. And that's a huge increment. And I think that, um, you know, the similar numbers when you look at the protection against death from COVID-19. So I I think people just aren't necessarily understanding how important that third dose is against the strain that we have circulating. Okay, that's the third dose. Let's get to the fourth dose. As I said, NACI uh, recommended earlier this week that adults age 80 and older Uh, long-term care residents and adults between 70 and 79 years of age living in the community should be prioritized for a second booster shot. Do you think this is a good first step? I do. I mean, you know, the, uh, there is definitely based on the data that we see 
an incremental benefit to another booster, especially in people who remain at higher risk in spite of having been vaccinated. And so older people who are farther away from their third dose, and again, those groups would have been prioritized for boosters. And so a lot of people who got their booster early, really, it probably is a good time to be looking at another booster right now. Um, and also, you know, higher risk groups were the groups that were first in line for the boosters, even, you know, non-elderly individuals, immunocompromised individuals. And, you know, the, the data that we have does show that it is beneficial to have a fourth dose, but the incremental benefit compared to, for example, the benefit from the third dose is not as strong. And for most people, I, I don't know that it's as compelling an argument. So uh, let's dig into the rationale for a fourth dose. What do we know so far about waning immunity after the third dose? The third dose immunity to infection overall does appear to start to tail off after some months. And for a lot of these data, I actually like to look at the UK data rather than, for example, Israeli data. Both of those places are very good at putting out vaccine effectiveness studies. But the way that we actually did the first and second dose in Canada is a lot more like what's been done in the UK. And so I tend to look at the updated vaccine um, effectiveness numbers from the UK when I'm looking at these things. And um, there, there is a bit of a tailing off of protection that you start to see um, really after 10 to 14 weeks or so after a dose, you start to see a reduction in the protection against infection and also the beginnings of a reduction in protection against more severe disease and hospitalization. Um, the numbers do underestimate, I think, the effectiveness of those vaccines overall because they don't separate out people who were um, hospitalized with COVID versus hospitalized for other reasons. And so there is a bit of an underestimate, but you can see the pattern and it's pretty consistent. Do we have enough data to know yet how much additional protection that a fourth dose might offer? That is really based only on Israeli data. And so again, we can't just kind of look at another place and say that we can extrapolate it wholesale to our own setting. It's interesting because when you look at what we're talking about in terms of a relative reduction of risk, um, it's actually fairly impressive looking in terms of reducing severe outcomes after a fourth dose because they did give fourth doses in the higher risk um, older population. But when you look at the actual benefit in, in absolute numbers, that population of people after three doses was already at really quite low risk of infection. And so we're looking at like one or two out of 20 or 30,000 people difference. The magnitude of the benefit um, is relatively speaking, yes, there's a measurable improvement in protection in one study anyway. Um, and that's kind of what you would expect, actually, based on what we know about the immune system. But the actual incremental benefit over the third dose, where you're starting off reasonably well protected against severe outcomes, is not, you know, really extremely high. So are you more comfortable saying that there is a good rationale and a strong benefit for those who are frail seniors, people who are immunocompromised, for instance, to get that fourth dose? I do, actually. I think that, you know, for that group, particularly when we have such widespread community transmission, like it's really just rip roaring everywhere. And, um, and places that have not yet seen kind of VA2 replacement, it's probably because they're not looking, honestly. So yes, I think in that population, it would be important because that incremental benefit actually is more important for people who are at higher risk. And we do see people becoming ill with this. Um, and if they're frail, 
you know, a moderately severe respiratory infection can really destabilize people. And so the extra benefit is really, really there. You know, the, the bigger concern for me, I guess, is that we have to balance off also, you know, the, the effort and the focus. Um, if we can get more extensive dose three coverage um, to a broader part of the population, I think that we will also be, you know, having some effects, hopefully on community transmission, as well as on the healthcare system. And so I think that there's kind of dual competing issues here. And, and the one that's, applicable to the wider population is really making sure everyone realizes how important the third dose is, and then really looking to do that kind of risk-based fourth dose rollout. And and I think those things should both be doable. You mentioned the BA.2 subvariant of uh, Omicron, of Omicron. Uh, and, and, and so I wanted to just touch on that. People who are triple vaccinated, who've received one booster, two, two doses of an mRNA vaccine and a booster. Um, and, and, you know, these days we know that the BA.2 subvariant has become the dominant subvariant in the country. It's circulating quite widely. H- how effective is the fourth dose of the mRNA vaccine against that? There is dose three data on um, effectiveness where it compares BA1 and BA2 from the UK. There's not yet fourth dose data. And part of that is, of course, because if you're looking at an outcome like hospitalization or death, there is a lead time during which you have to follow the population before you can collect that outcome data. And so it's a little early for that. I can tell you that the dose three effectiveness, um, especially closer to the time of the third dose, is, you know, in the 80 to 90% range for both BA1 and BA2. And BA1 and BA2 are actually quite similar in the vaccine effectiveness numbers across the board. And so at least we don't have a more vaccine-resistant strain, if that makes sense. It's more transmissible, but it doesn't appear to be, um, you know, additionally bad in terms of your vaccine protection. Do we know now how long an interval should take place between your third dose of the vaccine and the fourth dose? I mean, that's kind of a story that's in evolution. And again, you have to pick um, the outcomes that matter and you know, also follow your experience in your own population as well. And, you know, most of the provinces actually are doing that. I, I don't think the data is easily available or comparable, um, but it is being followed. And it really does look like there will be a rationale for extending fourth doses more broadly. Um, potentially, you know, even as soon as kind of four to five months out from regular vaccination series, maybe, depending on what happens. And that would be in people who haven't also been infected, of course, because either an infection or a booster dose, you probably don't really have to worry too much for around three months. Now, I'm I'm saying things as a rule of thumb here, right? <laughs> but I, I think that that's a reasonable kind of rule of thumb to consider. So, so, you know, that effectiveness data does show this waning of protection. And all along, Omicron has been a little more talented at causing infection that's non-severe in vaccinated people, which has really contributed to its spread. And that problem also does seem to get worse with time. So that partial protection against infection also is waning with time. So I think we're going to see people requiring 
you know, successive boosters. But the longer term story and the pattern of that will really depend very much on what happens with upcoming variants. Like if we have a quiet period, maybe we'll be able to settle for a while after this. But what you're saying is that two months, if, if you got your, your third dose two months ago, you, you don't need a fourth dose today. Oh, no, no. And I mean that, uh, and if there is some some shifting in protection, it's fairly small, and it is really not showing up for quite a long time, honestly. So um, it's it's something where I think you can actually feel comfortable if you're, you know, three or four months away from your last dose or infection um, to see where the data takes us in terms of what to do. I think one of the wild card issues that people might be thinking about is you don't want to stack vaccines necessarily too close to each other. Um, There's a theoretic immunologic issue with um, that you might impair a response if things are too close together. And and we don't really have that data for COVID vaccines, but um, you want to get the timing right. I'm speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history, not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lenora, I've got an un, probably an unanswerable question for you, which is why I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> you know, the, the FDA, as I said last week, announced that they're approving fourth doses for people over the age of 50. And that's really at odds with what NACI uh, just you know recommended this week in Canada. Do you have any idea why the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the vaccine for, for Americans age 50 and, and older? You know, I, I think that they have tended to be a little more swayed by, you know, antibody level data than some other agencies. So that might be part of it. Um, But we expect antibody levels to drop with time. It's more important what happens when you actually are re-exposed and what your body does upon re-exposure with both your antibody levels and with your T-cell response. So, So I wonder if that's part of it. It's a move that surprised me a little bit based on what I know of the data Um, One thing that's also important to keep in mind is that the U.S. population did have dose one and dose two, as did the Israeli population, much closer. And as it turns out, the second dose delay has proved to be really immunologically useful. And so that actually seemed to extend the protection of the first two vaccines, um, comparatively speaking. And so they are also working with a different population as well. And that might have influenced that decision, too. And that's a point that you've just said that's worth underlining, that's worth underscoring, that that if... if you had a, a relatively long interval between your first and your second dose, not the three weeks that was originally recommended, but something closer to say two months or three months, that your immune response to the vaccine would have been better than if you'd had it three weeks apart? It did seem to be more durable. Um, and that was fairly you know, commonly described between the UK and Canada, which had dose one, dose two delay, and the U.S. and um, data from Israel, where they had the really by the book kind of um, dose one, dose two within four weeks of each other. And so, you know, that caused a lot of controversy and worry to people, but it it always made sense immunologically um, that there is a better time to, to offer that second dose of vaccine. And that did actually, I think, extend the 
the strength and duration of the protection from the first two doses, relatively speaking. And then with the third dose as well, I think that, you know, I would, again, tend to look to the UK data as being more similar to, to what we did here. And we're just starting to see some, some decline in vaccine effectiveness um, in people who had their uh, third dose you know, a longer time ago. And I mean, the other kind of side issue is it does look like having Moderna as part of the mix might prove to be a, a useful thing as well. So in a lot of the data sets, having had a Moderna as well as Pfizer exposure in your vaccine series may actually be a little bit beneficial. Okay, I've got some short snappers for you, starting with a, with an interesting question. Does a fourth dose help protect against long COVID? That is on answerable. Um, but I would say that I just saw a preprint, which I liked very much, um, which was very reassuring that vaccinated ind individuals do seem to be much, much less likely to have those persistent, generalized, debilitating symptoms versus unvaccinated people. And this was the first study I've seen where they actually did a proper denominator. So they actually were surveying people after COVID and comparing the symptom complexes in those who'd been vaccinated and those who had not been vaccinated. So it wasn't just following a group of people who'd had severe COVID, which is where a lot of our data has come from so far for post-COVID conditions. And so I, I actually thought that was really terrific because really the rate of these symptoms in people were, who were vaccinated what was very much like the rate in people who actually hadn't had COVID. So I'm taking that as being a preliminary um, hopeful positive that um, the vaccination will really change our, our um, idea of the, the risk of long COVID and post-COVID conditions. Okay. So what are you recommending now for seniors and those who are immunocompromised on, on the issue of getting a fourth dose? You know, the provinces are going to be, now with the NACI guidance coming out, the provinces are going to be kind of clarifying. Um, a lot of places have already opened up to the immunocompromised. And again, part of that is because uh, the people at higher risk also had their third doses longer ago. And so I expect that we're going to see um, those same populations that were in line for earlier um, booster doses will now be in line for earlier fourth doses. And I think that's appropriate. And what we're going to see is a focus on people who have immunocompromising medical conditions, people who are elderly, with, especially with additional medical conditions. There's a very significant risk just by virtue of age alone. And so I think that we're going to see the usual Canadian kind of similar but slightly different patchwork that's going to be happening over the next little while. And um, I, I do think it will be important for people to uh, to for one thing, make sure they've had their third dose first. Um, but if they're eligible for a fourth dose by virtue of risk, that they go ahead and do that. What about people? What about what about uh, offering the vaccine to anyone under the age of sixty-five? Can you see that happening under and under what circumstances? Well, I think it will happen at some point. I don't know if it would be a priority action right now because what you would see would be that the people who have been very um, risk conscious, very attentive, who are on top of their vaccination schedule, will be keen to get the tune-up of a fourth dose. But then uh, a large number of people in the community who sort of haven't been necessarily paying as much attention since the second dose um, will remain really at quite high risk. And so, you know, if I had limited resources, I would really be trying to do the third dose push for the general population as the main priority. And I think that 
it, it will actually become the case that the fourth dose will open up and it, the need for it in people who don't have additional medical concerns will be clarified over the next couple of months. But at the moment, I'm just really worried about all those people who are wandering around thinking that two doses is giving them good protection, um, when in fact it's, it's giving them modest protection and they can get a lot more protection with their third dose. You've been hearing from people who received the AstraZeneca for either their first or second shot or both uh, and wanting to know if they should get a fourth shot. What do you tell them? You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people who took AstraZeneca have have been battling this feeling that they got an inferior product. But in in fact, (laughs) if you've had one or two doses of AstraZeneca and at least one dose of an mRNA vaccine, based on the UK data, you're on an even playing ground with everybody else who's had three doses of an mRNA vaccine. And some of the early data actually looked like the combo of the, uh, you know, non-replicating viral vector vaccine plus an mRNA vaccine seemed to give good longevity to the immune response. And so I, I don't think the that full story is yet known as to how the different combos will stack up at the end of the day. But at the moment, they should not feel that they're a disadvantage compared to someone who's had three mRNA doses based on what we can see from the UK data. Um, And that the AstraZeneca, either one or two doses, seems to boost very, very well with an mRNA vaccine. So if you've had your third shot, you should feel, you know, not disadvantaged at all. And what about those who got a single dose of the J&J vaccine? They should be getting, I mean, if they haven't had a booster, they should have a booster because it's the same kind of thing where you'd want to have at least one mRNA dose that's fairly recent on board. And there's not that much data because that vaccine didn't get as broad uptake in places that, you know, are reporting the data on a on an ongoing basis. But uh, what I have seen would suggest that it it's kind of similar to AstraZeneca in that they might not be really at par in terms of their immune response unless they've had an mRNA booster. And finally, if fourth doses are approved for more Canadians, you know, what do you say to people who want to wait for that variant-specific booster that might not be available for a few months to come? I think they should really look at what their risk setting is. Um, and, you know, people who are even in their 50s and 60s have pretty significantly elevated risk of severe disease. And if you're in a place where there's a lot of transmission still going on, you have not yourself been infected Um, and it's been a while since your last dose such that you're being offered a fourth dose, I would say that you probably should get it. There is, you know, a bit of a suggestion, and it's only from animal data now, but there's a bit of a suggestion that the variant tuned booster might not offer that much beyond just a booster, Um, but we're waiting for that information. And so I, I think that I would basically go with a risk assessment what's being recommended right now and feeling comfortable with that because, you know, the, the story is going to be that at some point you're probably going to end up getting another vaccine. Um, and the timing really should be based on what public health is seeing as risks and the recommendations that they're making where you live, because this whole sixth wave business is going to play out very differently in different communities across Canada. And it's going to be really hard to actually, you know, make a one size fits all announcement about that. And uh, if there was one take-home message, you've mentioned it several times, it's worth underscoring yet again. If you haven't had your third dose, get it. Absolutely. Positively. Get the third dose um, because it it does a lot. Absolutely. Dr. Lenora Saxinger, thank you so much for speaking with us once again. My pleasure. Dr. Lenora Saxinger is an infectious disease specialist at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. Here's your dose of smart advice. 
This week, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, or NACI, recommended that all adults aged 80 and older receive a fourth dose, or a second booster, of an mRNA vaccine, and that adults aged 70 to 79 years consider receiving a fourth dose. The reason for making those recommendations is that the immunity boost following the third dose decreases over time. Those guidelines differ from those in the U.S. where the Food and Drug Administration said the fourth dose should be made available to anyone over the age of 50, which is at an earlier age than the NACI guidelines. Both NACI and the FDA say their new guidelines are based on the best available evidence. The NACI-recommended fourth dose requires Health Canada approval. Each province is free to decide whether and when to provide the fourth dose and at what age. NACI also recommended that the provinces prepare for the rapid deployment of a second COVID-19 vaccine booster dose program over the coming weeks. When it comes to boosters, timing is important. The guidelines are in flux, but most recommend getting the fourth dose around four to six months following your third dose. And while we're talking about a fourth dose of COVID vaccine, many Canadians have yet to receive their third dose, which is considered essential to reducing your chances of dying of COVID or having to be hospitalized. If you haven't gotten the third dose, now would be a good time to make an appointment. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions you'd like answered, tweet me at NightShiftMD, at CBC Podcasts, or at CBC Whitecoat using the hashtag TheDoseCBC. Our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.